Okay. So if you have a Bible, you want to just grab it. I'm just going to speak for about 10 minutes or so before we uh, do our big adventure this morning. Uh, So if you've got a Bible, find Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. Oh, by the way, one of the things that I didn't mention is uh, one of the things that we're really pushing into this year is that we want to believe, don't we, that every single week someone will come, uh, become a follower of Jesus, they'll get saved, every single week someone will be healed, and every single week there will be miracles happening in this church. Amen? Like, who wants to just even grab that for themselves? Okay. And, uh, and we're also praying and believing that at some point in our future, God's going to give us a new house that we can do even more things in, that we won't need to hire a school on a Sunday, but we'll have an, a new house that we can meet in. Like, how many people are really, really looking forward to that day? Absolutely. That we can better serve the community. And so uh, we've just got these little fridge magnets, although you can stick them on your mirror, these two everyday prayers. And if you go to the cafe area, there are some on the on the the get involved table, and there's some on the groups area as well. If you go there, you'll see two prayers that you can pray every day. Wouldn't it be amazing if all of us were praying every day, saying, God, we long to see people be saved, healed, and experience miracles every single week. I don't just mean on church on Sunday, I mean like every day of the week. And we're praying that you give us a new house as well, because like we're greedy. Amen? So grab one of these, all right? Do grab, stick it on your fridge, stick it somewhere as a prompt to pray. That's just a, a reminder. Now, how many people here regularly travel on the train to work? How many people do that? Yeah, a, a few of you. And, and be honest, uh, those of you who ever do travel on a train, whether it's to work or you're going out to London, be honest, how many of you will always put something on the seat next to you, like your handbag or your case or whatever, because you really, really don't want anyone to sit there, just so that you can spread out? Come on, show of hands now. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Well... Because as a church, we are always wanting to help people. I have something for you today that you're going to love. So I I came across this company called Display Fake Foods. And basically what they've created, you can buy uh, things like this. So this is fake spilled food or drinks. And you can buy it and then you put it on the seat next to you and then no one's going to sit there. No one's going to say, literally, you can fight, you can get a, a coffee that's spill all over the thing. It's just rubber. You put it there and then you can lounge out and just relax. It'll be great. I mean, there are worse things that you can buy, but let's not even go there, you know, just so no one, no one sits in that seat. Uh, well, this morning, I want to talk about why Jesus actually hates empty seats and why he is passionate about every seat in his house, in the feast of God, in his family, in the church, he wants every seat to be filled. And so if you've got a Bible, then why don't you turn with me? And I said, we're going to look at just a few verses from Luke chapter 14. And uh, this whole story picks up. Jesus is at a dinner party. You can read it on the screens uh, if, uh, if you've not got a Bible with you. So here we go. Verse 15. Hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, what a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. And Jesus replied with this story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, Come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I've just bought a field and I must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I now have a wife, so I can't come. 
The servant returned and told his master what they'd said. His master was furious and said, Go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, There is still room for more. And so his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that this house will be full. For none of those I first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. Now, as I said, when Jesus is sharing this story, he is at a dinner party. Uh, we're, we're picking up when we read here about halfway through. And already he has been very, very challenging to the religious community who are gathered there. It is a party of religious people. In fact, if you look at the ministry of Jesus, you will find that he is always the most challenging to those people who are religious. And so he's challenged them that they are more committed to rules than relationship And they're more passionate about their status rather than serving uh, other people. And so Jesus provokes them. And and so he says to them, listen guys, the next time you, you host a party, what would be really good is if you invited people who couldn't possibly have you back. They could never have you back for dinner. Why don't you do that? And the whole reason for this whole text is that Jesus is wanting these guys to understand that with God... Everyone is invited, everyone is loved, everyone is welcomed, that there is a seat at the table of the feast of God for everyone. God has prepared a feast of good things, and he doesn't want anyone to miss out. Isn't that true? And so it's into that that verse 15 happens. And so Jesus just says, like, you know, everyone should come to the feast. And then this guy says, oh, isn't it amazing if you're at the feast? And he's totally missed it because what this guy is saying, I'm so glad that I have a seat at the table. And rather than just call this guy a fool, Jesus tells this story. Now, uh, about a host who's organizing a great feast. And of course, the host, this is a parable. This is a, this is a story that really has a spiritual meaning. The host really in the big picture is God. And now in Middle Eastern culture, it was pretty tough to organize a party. You know, there were, there were no emails, there were no texts, no mobiles, and the postal service was very, very unreliable. And so you, you had to do it like this. If you were going to organize a party, maybe two or three months down the line, maybe even six months, you would send out your servants and you would say to all of your friends, I'm going to have a party on this day. I haven't nailed the time, but on this day, I'm going to have this amazing party and I'd love you to come. Tell me, will you come? And people would say, yeah, I'm coming. It sounds great. I'm going to be there. And so in light of who's coming, then the host would organize this amazing feast. And and this was a great feast. Literally, it means no expense was spared. A great feast. And in the culture, to be invited to sit at the table with someone was a great sense of acceptance and love and honor. And so it was a privilege to be invited. And so that's what's happened here. The day has come, and now the servants are going back out to say, the feast is ready. The food is on the table. The drinks are chilled. Everyone come, and they all start making excuses. And, it's, and the excuses are lame. They're rubbish excuses. Bear in mind that they said yes months ago. And the hearers of this story would have known that they're lame, and the host is really angry. And he's angry because he knows whatever reason, they, whether they just can't be bothered to come or whether they think that something better has come for them, 
The host is mad because he knows there is nothing better that they could go to. There's no table they could sit at that would be better than the feast that he is offering them. And so he says to his servants, we're not cancelling this thing. Like We are going to do this. We're going to do it regardless. Even if the, the lethargic and the complacent don't want to get involved. And so he says to his servants, so you go. Go into the community. Go into the, the towns and the rural areas. Go into the streets and the alleys. Go into the lanes and the gardens. Get out there. Go to the outcasts. Go to the uninvited. Go to those who uh, think they've got their life together. Go to those whose lives feel like they're falling apart, go out there so that every single seat would be full, that no one will miss out on the good things that the feast uh, has in store for them. That's, That's what Jesus is trying to say to these guys. Get out there, that every seat would be full and everyone enjoys the blessing of the feast. And so in, in this story, Jesus is challenging these guys about their seat mentality. He, he, it's like he's saying to them, stop being so committed to your own seat and be passionate about the seats that are empty and long to see those full. Stop saving a seat every week for yourself, but be committed to save a seat for someone else. Stop being just pleased, and we should be pleased that you're in, but be passionate about reaching out to those who are not yet in. And you'll have seen in, this, in the story that we've read, Jesus says, depending on your translation, urge them, compel them to come, he says. You've got to get out, compel them to come. Now, let me be clear what Jesus was not saying. The host was not saying to the servants, go to these people and say, you must come to the party. And if they say no, like get a gun and go, you must come to the party. Like, we're not like shotgun church. We don't want people to come to church through intimidation or manipulation. That's not what he meant. But what he meant is, when you go to the uninvited, they're going to say, well, I don't even know the host. And the host doesn't even know me. And if he really knew me, he probably wouldn't want me to be there. And I've heard of these kind of parties, and I've heard they're full of hypocrites. In fact, I went to one of these parties once before, and they are boring and irrelevant. They have nothing to offer me. And if the host really, really loved me, then why has he never invited me before in the midst of my suffering? All kinds of reasons. And and Jesus is saying, the host who is God is saying, compel them say to them you are honestly sincerely loved and invited there is a place at the table with you for you there is a place for you and so this morning we are going to do something we've never done before we are going to go into our community as part of our worship this morning and we're going to say to the community this morning there is a place at the table at the feast for you you can be part of what God is doing here in Zio Church we want to invite you to be a part of it and we're going to do it basically you have a choice there are choices there are always choices um, you can be one of two teams T1 and we actually need Team 1 to be the biggest team and so Team 1, in a moment, Team 1, we're all going to get up and we're literally we're going to leave. In a few minutes, we're going to leave this building and uh, there are nine of us um, who have uh, just a bunch of streets and uh, each of us to go to. And you'll be allocated to a team and, uh, and for the next 40 minutes or so, we're going to invite every single house in that, in that street to come to the table. And uh, it's going to be a little simple thing that we're going to do, okay? I'm not asking you to knock on people's doors. In fact, definitely don't do that today, okay? So you're going to have an invite. You're going to go up to someone's house. You're going to put a little leaflet through the door. And as you do that, you're going to just speak a little blessing on them, okay? Don't put your hand on the door and go, oh, Jesus, I pray for this house. Don't do that, all right? Just don't do that. Don't do that, okay? 
All right, we want people to come here. All right, you just put it through the door and you just say, God bless this house, and then you walk on. Okay, and if you see someone walking along, just invite them and just say, Hey, like we love you, we love you to come. There's a, there's a place for you, you're gonna love it. It's, it's awesome. We have a good time. Do we have a good time? Yeah. We do, don't we? So, we want to invite people, we want to be normal. Okay, so, so, uh, <laughs> so we want you to be a part of that. And, and do you know, is, are there any Christians in the house this morning? Okay, do you know if you're a follower of Jesus, then you carry the power and the presence of God? Now, can you imagine if like 80 or 100 of us in the next half an hour or so, we went out into the community carrying the presence of God? We're not delivering leaflets. We are taking the presence of God into our community. Of course, he's already there. We're just joining in with what he's doing. That's the truth. And so, so I hope lots of you will be a part of that. In a moment, I'm going to invite you. If, you. if you're willing to do that, make a sacrifice. This is part of our worship, people. This is our worship, Okay. Uh, um, in a moment I'm going to ask you to stand and we're going to just kind of go out those of us who are unable to do that for physical reasons or you just don't feel uh, that's fine there's no condemnation for those in Christ and even those without Christ this morning there's no condemnation okay and if you, but if you want to stay then we do need a prayer team and so those of you who stay behind uh, we're going to invite you to come forward and Pastor David and the team they're going to lead you in praying for us who are asking people to come back and what we're hoping Okay, the miracle of God's timing is by about 5 to 12, we're all back in the room, we'll sing a final song, we'll go to the canteen, we'll have the cafe area, we'll have a drink, we'll rejoice, and we'll expect great things. Okay, are we up for this? Come on, church, come on, let's, you know, let's, let's do this. Okay, so on your feet if you're going to be part of the team, okay? There's no pressure if you can't, don't worry, okay? And so I'm going to ask those of us who are leading, so guys, if you could start to just gather at the front door, then Phil will direct you.